So you're hosting this one, Tane. Yeah. Cool. What's the main character Tony's again? Tony's big break. <laughs> yeah. Hester Shaw. Hester Shaw. Hester Shaw. Hester Shaw. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Little Film Podcast. I think I've got this right. Uh, my name is Tony Kerr, and uh, this isn't my usual gig. I'm filling in for one Adam Bayfield, who's a bit poorly of the throat. Ooh, got a stubbed throat. But is here, loaded with opinions. But I am here. It kind of feels a bit like, uh, you know, I've come in, you've all set up, kind of everything's ready to go. Someone's kind of thrust me a script as I've wandered in. I've just made a couple of alterations to it. It's had a, a, a second series of The Crown. Have you seen that? Mm. Uh, the bit where the guy gets interviewed by Robin Day. Everything's set up and Robin Day, the sort of famous political interviewer, just sort of sits down and they start straight into the interview and he just starts turning the screw straight away. So hang on, are you Robin Day? I'm Robin Day in this, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, anyway. The consummate professional. (laughs) You've taught yourself up quite a lot there. (laughs) So I'm Robin Day, and welcome to the uh, Little Film Podcast, uh, which uh, tonight features three of the UK's foremost movie pundits. Probably Guernseys, I'd say. Guernseys, okay. (laughs) Let's go with Guernseys. Uh, Adam Bayfield, as we've already heard from, your usual pilot. Hello. But in uh, in the cheap seats tonight. Dave Legg. Uh, hello, pleasure to be here as always. Evening, and Ollie McVeigh. Hello, Tony. Well, this feels a bit weird, and actually, Adam, you've actually you vacated the seat that you usually sit in. That's right, I've, I've not only kind of metaphorically handed over the chair to you, I've quite literally given up my usual seat. The feels squeaky like quite chair a moment. as well. That, that is the squeaky one. So yeah, yeah it was, uh, I've been waiting to do it for a while. This is a this is a big opportunity for you, Tony. I hope you don't yeah. blow it. Well, yeah, you know, if ever I was to think this is going to be my year, 2019 is going to be my year. Big shoes. And this to is a fill. great start. <laughs> I mean, I, I am here, as you say, but yeah, I've I've been suffering with a cold this week, so I thought probably best if I don't speak too much. So I've uh, I've given you the opportunity of a lifetime. I mean, you sound okay to me, but yeah, you go. You just fancy the night off. <laughs> Have you noticed as well, Adam's got his little notebook out and a pen. Is he going to be taking notes on your performance, do you think? <laughs> yeah, Give you some like, pointers yeah, afterwards. It'll score yeah. out of 10 at the end of I've the really, uh, show. I've got a bit of a few things to write. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be using all your sort of tricks, Adam, like putting your hand up when you want someone to shut up. Just kind of get pointing. Robin Day, that was a bad one. Yeah. <laughs> Good start. <laughs> anyway, let's get on with it. This is the first TLFP of 2019, uh, and we're going to be talking about a movie that came out, just squeaked in at the end of 2018, a film that I was quite excited about, uh, but, you know, say no more until about two minutes' time, when we will say more. Uh, Mortal Engines. Everyone seen it? Yes. We, yeah, yeah, we have seen it. Yeah, we went and watched it together. Yeah. We had a great time, didn't we? The three Did. of us skipped off to the cinema together. One of the best, the funniest sort of post-film reactions as well, which we'll discuss a bit later. So yeah. that was that was very funny. And you've all got your scores yes. in mind. All the scores on the doors. You've seen it as well, presumably. I've so seen it, where, yeah. Give us, you know, I know I'm not hosting, but I'd still like to ask you uh, to give us your experience yeah, let me just, what screen take from here <laughs> uh no cine world jersey yeah good really good no one in there it's worrying that 
you know, if you imagine how many people are going to watch films these days and what small percentage of them might be listening to this podcast, it is uh, troubling. Well, unless they, do they know that VIP Twitter royalty Tony Kerr is on his way and they clear out the, the cinema for you? Could be that. That's also a possibility that it's we also, can't discount. It, um, which I read this week that it's one of the biggest box office box office flops of the year. So that might explain yeah. why there weren't many people in there as well. Because no, not many people have been to see it. A lot of big films out at the same time. So mm. maybe that's why. Mm. Or maybe there are other reasons. And it just came out before Christmas. You know, quite a busy time of year. A lot of drinks, parties to go to. Yeah. Buy a cinema ticket or buy a present for a young child. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, when you put it like that, I suddenly feel bad for having gone to watch it. Yeah, one of my nieces is uh, sitting at home right now just crying, (laughs) (laughs) wondering why she didn't get anything. Why she got a ticket stub (laughs) for a movie she didn't go and see. Anyway, let's get this movie back on track. This movie, this movie podcast back on track. Uh, what do I do next? I do the synopsis, do I? Or the scores? Another thing to write down oh, in my notebook. God, here it goes. Movie. Uh, the oh, synopsis. So I mean, it's, sorry, just to set the, the bigger picture is it's uh, sort of Peter Jackson produced, isn't it? Kind of uh, presented by, not quite presented by, but, you know, mm-hmm. in association with Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson presents a Peter Jackson production. Directed Written by Christian well Rivers. By Peter Jackson. Adapted. For the screen. Yeah, it's based on a book, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, series yeah. of novels. Mm. Thanks. We'll get to that. We'll get to book that. stuff. You don't really know about <laughs> book stuff. Uh, well, let me give you the synopsis then. Uh, hundreds of years after civilization was destroyed by a cataclysmic event, a mysterious young woman, Hester Shaw, emerges as the only one who can stop London, now a giant predator city on wheels, from devouring everything in its path. Feral and fiercely driven by the memory of her mother, Hester joins forces with Tom Natsworthy, an outcast from London, along with Anna Fang, a dangerous outlaw with a bounty on her head. Sounds a bit like a cheese dream, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It does slightly, doesn't it? Mm. Let's be honest. And let's just get some scores so that people have an idea of how it's been received more widely, Ollie. Yes, so these are the scores from the movie aggregator websites. Um, IMDb, 6.4. Rotten Tomatoes, 27%. And Metacritic, 44%. 27 is, yeah. That's not high, is it? It's it's good that those scores are out there, Tony, but we all know what the most important scores are, don't we? Quite. Well, let's do the big reveal. Who wants to go first? Well, we're going to give our scores out of 10. Shall I go first? Yeah, you go yeah. first. 4.5. Dave? Uh, I'm going to give it a generous 1.5. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's your lowest ever, right? It's my lowest ever, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to give it 4. Tony? Uh, 3. Ooh, mm. I thought you were going to like it more yeah. than that. Uh, you were making noises as though you'd liked it more than that. I was really excited about it, and we'll obviously we'll we'll you know we'll analyse every aspect of uh, of it you know, <laughs> yeah. over the next in forty five minutes. To an hour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so stay tuned, strap in. Uh, but I mean, it was yeah, it got bad for me. It got <laughs> okay. really bad in there. It broke bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, high score of four point five. Point five. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, well, you're all looking at me into. I feel like I'm sort of, uh, I don't know, back at school and you're just all looking at me. Welcome to my life, kind of, uh, this is... a lot of pressure on. <laughs> it's, it's not as easy a gig as you thought, well, is it? Yeah, can you ask me some water? Sweating uh, over there. Well, let's, Dave, you gave it the, the most uh, damning verdict. Let's yeah. start with you. Can I say that that's the second lowest score? that anyone's given anything on this podcast, apart from, like, after Ollie's zero for King of Thieves, which, as we all know, was absurd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, apart from that, 1.5 is the lowest Yeah, anyone's this, given anything. This film is much worse than King of Thieves, in my opinion. Obviously, Ollie disagrees with me. It's categorically the worst film I've seen in the last year. Wow. Quite easily in the top five worst films I've seen in the last ten years, I think. I'm not surprised Huge. that you say that. I'm, I'm surprised that Tony's given it as lowest three. But I'm not surprised that you've given it that mm. low because, yeah, we went to see it, uh, the three of us together. And when the house lights came on, <laughs> you were just leaning forward in your seat with your head in your hands. <laughs> like, oh, enjoyed it then, Dave, did you? It was a film that, like, had quite a promising opening 10 minutes, which is where it gets its 1.5 from, with the Predator City London chasing down another city. And that was really, really exciting well, no, that's very generous. That was quite exciting. Uh, and then the film just got worse and worse from there. And I felt like it jumped from scene to scene and every single scene was like just another like punch in the gut that by the end of the film, the reason I had that reaction was I I just wanted it to end. Everything that happened was just stupid, poorly acted. It felt like, you, you know, the Star Wars prequels, all the actors have famously come out and said it was so difficult because they were acting against a green screen with George Lucas shouting at them. It felt like exactly the same thing was happening in this. Like There was no sense of anyone actually being in a real place. I don't know if you noticed this. There's no wind in the world. So they would be in like open air flying machines or standing on a bridge over like, you know, the water when um, Thaddeus goes to see Shrike in the box. And there's just no wind. There's no sense of movement at all. It's just like none of the actors were given any direction. It was just like, I'll just go stand over there and say your lines. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, it, yeah. it doesn't feel real, any of it. Does and it? not very well either. Like, the delivery of a lot of the lines is shocking. I feel like it's one of those things where people got involved and then very quickly wanted to back out, realising that Peter Jackson probably didn't have as much of a hand in it as mm. they'd suspected when they signed on. Could have been a con job, you say. <laughs> well not a con job but the guy in fairness i feel bad because the guy who directed it the first time director i think christian rivers who's worked with peter jackson for about 25 years as a as a storyboard artist and has done a bit of second unit directing on a couple of films like the hobbit films actually directed one of my favorite scenes in one of the hobbit films which is like the um dwarf river escape mm. in um in the barrels in the barrels yeah in the desolation of smell yeah i think he just clearly is very good with sort of specialist effects and visualizing things but not very good at handling actors and so yeah uh, adam you're a book man mm, mm, big time have you read the book no it's a series of books isn't it it's uh, by philip reeve and they're uh, young adult ya uh, novels from about 15, 16 years ago, I think it's 2001, the first book came out. And the, the whole thing to me, like, it's ju it just seems really strange that they've made this film. I mean, I, th that book does have its fans, but it's not like a huge, it's not like The Hunger Games or Twilight or something that is this huge sensation of a book or a, a series of books. In a way, it's a bit odd that they chose to adapt it, or at least it's, it's like a slight gamble. It's a bold choice to adapt those novels. 
I mean, Philip Reeve is is a famous YI novelist, but it, yeah, it's not. It's not a, YI. Why? 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 a novelist, but it's it's not it's not a huge deal. Secondly, there's no one that famous in it. I mean, Hugo Weaving is the most famous mm. actor in the cast, which is you know, Hugo Weaving's obviously like got a certain career behind him, but pe- I can't imagine there's many people out there that are like. Oh, I can't wait to go and see the new Hugo Weaving movie. Well, <laughs> Hugo Weaving's in this. I've got to see that. You know, it, that, so it, there's not a lot of star power behind it. I, I guess that Peter Jackson, the fact that Peter Jackson's attached to it, is what's kind of driven it. But it, it the whole thing does just feel like quite a big gamble. It just feels like a very odd movie mm. to have made. I, I, I was going to ask you, Tony, you, like going into it. Sorry, I know you're hosting, but I, you know, yeah, I, can't, I can't help myself. Coming into it, or one of the reasons that we decided to do this on the podcast because you were very excited about it. Because you said you thought that this could be like a new water world. Which obviously was not a ter- terrifically well-received <laughs> film in the first place. <laughs> well, so I was going to ask, what did you mean by that? And, and do you think it is? Uh, no. What I meant was, yeah, I mean, actually, in, in some regards it is, isn't it? Because it's, it's sort of sunk to the bottom of the sea. There's not really a huge amount to enjoy. I think if you're, perhaps if you're, uh, I mean, how old were we, were we when Waterworld came out? I think we were about 10. Eight, I was going to say eight or nine. So maybe for eight or nine, you may look back at this uh, as, as fondly as a, a bad movie that you quite enjoy some of the aspects of. I don't know whether that's how I think about it as a slightly older person than that in 20 years' time. Uh, we shall see. But I was quite excited going to it because I thought the trailer was actually, was actually... Well, I didn't see the long trailer. I know you guys saw it before another film. Uh, I'd only seen the teaser trailer and I, I actually, the concept I really uh, was quite excited about. I thought it sounded like a really good concept. The The trailer sort of did a, a good job of setting the scene, so the teaser, but yeah, I was very much disappointed. But I mean, Ollie, were you, were you as excited going into it? Um, I'd, I'd only seen the long trailer and I've got to say, I wasn't that excited about going up to the cinema that night to watch that <laughs> film. Like I did feel it was going to be a bit of a, um, a bit of a struggle. But obviously gave it a four, in my opinion. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't very good, but it wasn't terrible. But one thing that I did quite enjoy about it, and this is obviously it's based on book material, but in a year of like like a huge range of films coming out, a lot of which we'd all seen before, like the superhero films, that stuff. Like I did quite like that it was something quite different, as in the story was quite different and the ideas in it were quite different. So I think that... And I can't say that I was bored during it. Like there are a few scenes where i was struggling to get through them but i can't say i was sat there like looking at my watch it did move along quite well um and yeah i think gave it a few marks for just for it's not its originality but just like do you know i think originality is fair i think yeah as you say obviously it is adapted from a book so it's not like an original story but compared to a lot of what hollywood churns out for these kind of big movies it is something different it does feel original like the, the premise of it of cities, you know, gobbling cities each other on up. wheels. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, it's it's quite a silly premise, but it is at least a bit different. I think that's the thing, though. Like the premise of that is good, but you only see it very briefly. One city gets engulfed by London, and then essentially they're quite nice to the people that are captured. The people who are captured, they're like, oh, okay, by the way, yeah, come on board, yeah, you'll get jobs and stuff. It's like, why are you all running away from this city then? Get engulfed into the big city. Mm. And they've got all the resources and you'll be much better off. I didn't understand it. Once they got captured, I was like, oh, God, it's terrible. Maybe they're going to get tortured. No, no, they're just being welcomed into the city. They're all just one big city now. 
it was ridiculous. Like, so I don't understand why there was any tension about being captured because they completely undermined that straight away. Mm. And similarly, when they go to attack that wall at the end, they're like, we've got to like destroy this wall and get all their resources and stuff. The wall is destroyed and the people are just like, yeah, come over. You're, you're more than welcome. All of you are more than welcome. It's like, hang on. Why were you destroying the wall? Why didn't you just go and ask them yeah, why did if you, you could come the in? Wall in the first and they'd place, have been yeah. absolutely fine. They'd have been like, yeah, come park London right next door. Come over. We'll all hang out. It would be fine. They literally couldn't care less. Like, so stupid. That is a good point. I re- see. Yeah, I really, like, the concept I thought was, you know, as you say, fanciful, but... <laughs> But different and appetising. The the, uh, the opening, the chase. I thought. I thought. Hey, we're onto something here. This is going to be. This is going to be all right. Uh, and I loved the scene where you know the, the the smaller town is getting engulfed and it gets sucked in, and then it's getting chopped up, and they're like running through it and all that stuff, and the giant kind of saws and like buzz saws are kind mm. of yeah soaring up this this town. I was loving it at that point. And the, the two things that, well, there's lots of things, but yeah, the green screen stuff, again, like the the the, the concept of the, the characters kind of interacting in the giant uh, mud tracks could have been really good, except for it just looked like it had been like painted onto the background of a, like a wall and they were just sort of standing in front of it. So that was awful. Uh, but what, what really just bored me to death was how it just became another, it was like a bit of Star Wars with the non, like the cloud city, or the cloud town and the non and the stupid like you know basically Star Wars people going off in their space craft to go and shoot stuff down all that. I couldn't agree with you more. And actually, I wrote this down because I wanted to remember it. But it's literally like someone crashed Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, The Matrix, The Terminator, Mad Max, and the Twilight films into one. And that's that's what it felt like. It felt like everything was borrowed from something else. Like, it sounds it, great. Though. It, it gobbled it up. It like, gobbled it like up. London <laughs> yeah. did. But, but but you're right. Like with the with the Cloud City, like Shrike was Terminator. They've got like just everything. Can we talk about Shrike? Yeah, we need to talk about Shrike. Hester Shaw. Hester Shaw. <laughs> I've seen in a few reviews people say that Shrike is the only good thing in the movie. They're I wrong. thought Shrike is one of the worst things I've ever seen. Quite easily. Quite easily one of the worst things that's ever happened. Bizarre. Yeah, just such a bizarre sub... Not subplot, but bizarre kind of string to the plot. And mm. again, I thought like... It's actually quite cool when they went out to the prison on sort of, you know, like on long legs and it's kind of wandering around the ocean and there's the thing trapped in a box or whatever. But when you actually see what it is, you're like, just talk about underwhelming and then annoying. It's just the Terminator. Yeah. And then, but also let's talk about character motivations. Shrike just wants to kill Hester Shaw because she broke a promise. And then when he finally catches her, he decides not to kill her yeah. because she's in love. <laughs> it's like, right, okay. You've killed quite a lot of people up until this point. You've destroyed an entire flying city, but she's in love. Yeah, presumably some of them were in love with each other. Yeah, the flashbacks as well of yeah. like him raising her and like putting together like old dolls and stuff. It's like, this is just yeah. so bizarre. Like, I don't understand who that's for. Like what audience yeah. is that going to appeal to his death scene where you see the flashbacks of him you know like when he was a real person and stuff it felt like the movie expected you to be really emotionally invested in this character and i was just like what how like when were we supposed to get uh, it's absurd and his voice is absolutely (laughs) ridiculous you can't have a character say 
long sentences in a voice like that. Like it's one. Th- it was obviously silly, but it's one thing if he literally just goes Hester Shaw. But when, when he starts going Hester, you broke a promise to me. Like I, I can't be doing that. Yeah. It's outrageous. It, 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 it's just going to sound weird because it was a, like, did you say fantiful? Was that the word you used? Fanciful. Fanciful. F- fantiful. That was, that was me. So the, like, Full of tango. So having him in it was like another fanciful element, if you like. But it still didn't fit. Like, he his like... Well, I mean, like the, of, the concept of, sorry, the concept of like cities on wheels. Yeah, exactly. So you've got that as one concept. And then you've got this other concept <laughs> of this like hybrid human robot thing. And just did not fit in at all mm. and it was not like you could have taken that completely out of the film and it wouldn't have mattered anything i'm also interested in and maybe i'm just being picky because i hated it so much but i'm interested in knowing how there was a cataclysmic essentially nuclear war they point to the, the fact that it was something like that and yet london's biggest landmarks weren't destroyed mm. yeah st paul's is still there yeah and the millennium wheel and big ben they're all fine. Yeah, I didn't ever really think about that. Mm. Stop to consider that. <laughs> what? Do you take another mark off? For yeah, that? I was just thinking yeah. about the, also that <laughs> a lot of effort, isn't it? Building a city. I potentially wheels. took a mark off for the appearance of the minions. Do you remember that at the beginning where they, uh, oh, they go into like the, yeah. the museum of like with loads of <laughs> artifacts from yeah. you know <laughs> thousands of years ago? And they're like, yeah, we I can't remember. Do they say like, oh, we think they may have worshipped these idols and it's the minions. I thought it's that was like, uh, maybe... The closest the film came to being actually funny. Yeah, I mean, so possibly that if you read that as a joke, but it, it's in a film with no jokes of any description apart from that. So I feel like that was—I I don't think it was meant to be. Like, it's a really humorless film, isn't it, mm. in general? And I, I don't think that was meant to be a joke. Who do you think the film sort of targeted at? In my mind, it's kind of that like Twilight sort of uh, Hunger Games Hunger crowd Games, but yeah. I just wondered what you guys thought because it's I think that's who it's aimed at but I just think it's like crap <laughs> <laughs> I'm never I'm not really bothered like yeah like a film is certainly a blockbuster film is always going to have quite a specific target audience in mind isn't it but I, I don't know it shouldn't preclude you from liking a film like I, I yeah yeah like The Goonies is a children's film but I really like The Goonies mm. like you know, E.T. is a children's film, but I really like E.T. I watched Paddington on Christmas Day. I thought that was a fantastic film. Yeah, I didn't but... watch it with any children, just watched it. Was it, was it your <laughs> first time with, watching with it? Elena. Yeah, not seen it That's before. That's an unbelievable brilliant film. film. The second one's great as yeah, well. Second. Yeah, I need to watch the second one. But yeah. I think, I, like, sorry, go on. Okay. I was just going to say, I managed to get through Christmas without watching Greatest Showman, so I was quite pleased <laughs> with myself. Although, apparently, it is good, so whatever. Um, I, I, to answer your question only about who's it for, I mean, I guess the, the books are for a YI... <laughs> A YA audience, so that's sort of like fifteen to twenty-two. Although interestingly, uh, the majority of of YA books are read by women over the age of twenty-five. So, in some ways, that might be the audience for the books. But I would guess for this film, it's probably meant to be kind of older teenagers. Something that holds true for a lot of YA stuff is that it's, and, and I think it's definitely true in this film, is it's very earnest and very melodramatic like the, the stakes are enormous in this film like it, it's it's the world the fate of the world is at stake and everything's very big played on this very big canvas and it's a bit too big i think like there, there's not much depth to the characters there's not much kind of emotional investment in the characters it's all about this huge landscape where 
you know ev- everything is very dramatic and overly dramatic i felt you know like the, the big kind of star wars ending with the like, as you say with the the wall coming down and it's just a bit too much it feels like that feels like the culmination of like a three or four movie series like we haven't really had enough time even though it's too long haven't had enough time to to get invested and understand the way this world works for that to then pay off i think that's a really good point because if you look at the hunger games films for example i enjoyed the hunger games books didn't love the film so much but they were they were okay the first one is you're right it's just the peril of her Mm. trying to survive and you know the guy she's sort of falling in love with trying to survive in this sort of battle royale-esque world and it doesn't escalate to being trying to save the world until the last the last book or films so i think yeah that's a really good point it does just jump to enormous stakes Mm. i certainly wanted to learn more about the way that world operated and just didn't get it i basically just wanted like the the opening sort of half an hour to be extended for the whole film Mm. if that had been the whole film just about being in a smaller city being chased by this predator city and there was something that genuinely would bad that happened to the people that got caught and you know you see that first city get caught and that's awful and then people on another one trying to escape if that i think that's kind of the film that you were envisaging this was going to be even though that might borrow heavily from things like mad max or whatever it would be a really entertaining film and that story would be smaller and you could probably get to grips with the characters a bit more whereas this was just sprawling it jumped about everywhere Mm. and and yet again you know and we talked about it in uh grindelwald yeah. Oh, yeah. I've forgotten the name there. <laughs> Fantastic, uh, Beasts. Fantastic Beasts. The Crimes too. of. <laughs> Colon, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Yeah. Uh, again, this is a film that reaches its end where it's a guy going, and like giant <laughs> lightning flying through. You know, it's just ah, boring, 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 boring. What you were saying about Waterworld, where you kind of thought this could be a new Waterworld, is, am I right in saying that what you mean by that is that it's like a, like a huge flop that, well, one day people will look back and say, actually, that was quite good. Like, it was underappreciated at the time. Is that yeah. that's kind of the way people think about Waterworld now? Is that fair to say? That's the way we think about, well... Yeah. yeah we, uh, is that fair to say? Yeah, I look back on Waterworld really fondly. Yeah. But it was a spectacular failure at the time, oh. but it's now thought of as quite a good I movie. I remember really enjoying it when I was like watching it as a yeah. kid. I it probably it was... only made money from me repeating <laughs> and renting <laughs> I went it from the video store. We should rewatch it. <laughs> but what might... Yeah, where this might suffer and where Waterworld actually, again, it's the, that, you know, it was made at a time where, you know, it looked pretty good, whether it was a diabolical, you know, failure. Uh, it looked quite real. Yeah, and the thing about Waterworld as well is you would say that that came out in an era where it was the biggest film or one of the three biggest films of the year. Whereas this film's come out in a month where it's had. Mary Poppins Returns, uh, Aquaman, the Spider-Man Into the Spideyverse film, uh, the new Transformers films. Like there are massive films that this is competing with. Clearly, it's got less of an audience than some of those other films, mm. and as a result, is just going to disappear into the ether. Makes you wonder why we've chosen to do it on the podcast. Yeah, well, no, t- 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 Tony was interested in seeing it. In fairness, yeah. I think it, you know. At least someone's watched it. Yeah. <laughs> but the uh, the interesting thing will be whether or not they persist with it because obviously they bought it with the intention of making, I think it's four books, so four films, but whether or not they'll just mm. cut their losses or maybe Peter Jackson will step in because he's so enamoured with it. I listened to an interview with him recently where he was talking very passionately uh, about adapting these books into films. Mm. 
it'd be interesting to see what happens next. Because I it can't imagine that. I, well, I mean, according to IMDb, the budget was 100 million and it's so far taken worldwide 62. Mm. I mean, well, that, that's like a sort of John Carter level yeah, of that's flop, like, isn't it? Well, that doesn't buried. take into account marketing either. Well, I mean, that's it's going to get a big boost after this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, um, do you remember his Dark Materials mm. when they made the first one? Of that? Was it The Golden Compass? The Golden Compass, yeah. And I thought that was quite a good adaptation with Daniel Craig. And they just didn't bother making the others because it wasn't commercially successful enough. I don't think they were. And also, although clearly the end of this film leaves it open for sequels, I don't, like there's, there's not, it's not a kind of cliffhanger ending, is it? Mm. So I think they can reasonably say well we can leave that story there but i can't imagine they'll make another one with a failure like that but it's interesting because obviously it is a bad film but a lot of bad films take money you know like jurassic world 2 fallen kingdom we all thought was a pretty bad film but that didn't harm it at the box office at all all the dc films so far have been rubbish but yeah wonder woman apart from wonder woman (laughs) (laughs) it's a fair point you know i i I still think it's a good concept it's a, yeah it's, you know it's a different proposition mm. so it's a shame they've bulls up so spectacularly because yeah it, i still think it could be could be a good could be a good something at some point it's also like i was struggling before to think i've given it a, a four but a string struggling to think of memorable bits in it because there's not a lot to take away from it there's not much to like look back on and think oh wow i really enjoyed that i'm gonna watch the second one or, oh, wow, I was really invested in those characters. I'm looking forward to the second one. Like when I watched The Hunger Games, the first Hunger Games, I hadn't read the book, but I did actually really enjoy that film. And there's some really great bits in it and characters as well to take away from it. This one's got nothing really to take away from it. It was just two hours of time spent watching it, which <laughs> yeah. I wasn't bored, but I didn't love. And I that's really as much as I can say about it. <laughs> you, you described it as something to do on a Wednesday night. <laughs> <laughs> just, you should put that on the poster. It's just a bit grim, isn't it? Well, <laughs> so what was the reaction then? What was the, the chat like after the uh, the communal screening? We didn't I, say anything. I think I was just a bit exasperated by the experience. Mm. It had been very emotionally deflating for me. <laughs> I felt like I'd really wasted a night of my life. Yeah, it's too long as well, isn't yeah. it? I, I think there's about so many films like this. If it was, if it's one hour thirty, you're like, well, that was bad, but I'm not annoyed. But coming out of, of Mortal Engines, when it's two hours fifteen or whatever, you're like, I just feel annoyed that you've you've robbed me of that time. Here's mm. a question for you, Dave: Mortal Engines or Mortal Kombat? Mortal Kombat easily is a much better film. I love yeah. Mortal Kombat. So, you know, I'd rate that higher than a lot of films. Nice. The first one, at least. Yes. So is, is this the lowest average score that we'll, we'll have given a film? I think it's got to be. Yeah. Nothing yeah. over five. No. Nothing over four. Point, Point five. five. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, something like the Guernsey movie, three of us absolutely hated, but Tony was there to, Loved it, didn't he? to prop it up a bit. <laughs> Um, provide some taste <laughs> i just want to say this well, i won't film, get to choose a film for a while i think this makes dc films look like masterpieces like I, and i yeah. hate the dc films yeah. apart from wonder woman as apart we really, from wonder woman yeah. yeah i don't really count that as dc movie canon mm. because it's not complete garbage why why i, I know why well, you've kind of answered this question but why why did you hate it so much <laughs> do you think like was there really nothing in it the performances i guess we haven't really talked about are They're not terrible there's not a lot there i just think it's all I just think it's all naff. And yeah. I think I, I tried to think to myself, like, what is it good that it's like an original idea, but it's not an original idea. I think it, is it a 2002 
like the first of the books came out mm. 2008 peter jackson bought the rights to them so it's not like it's you know like a brand new idea there's been a whole series of the books it's it's an adaptation like a lot of the yeah, but I other still, I still things think it counts a new it's a new idea yeah, to it's, screen it's a new screen yeah. yeah visual idea on screen but visual the, on but screen it, but idea I, but it's in my mind not really because it's just stolen from so many other things just even like little things like the fact that thaddeus ends up being her dad it's like okay that's like luke skywalker mm. it's just i just that's true yeah, yeah. It's just crap. It's absolute crap. I'm really sorry. I'm just I'm really, like, I found it like, like it had like, it, when I said it was emotionally distressing before, I felt like it was. I felt like by the end of the film, it really like sucked all the joy from me in what is a festive period. So, just, <laughs> so, so basically you had a shit Christmas. No, I just think the film is like the anti-Christmas. Like should, it's just joyless. Should definitely put that on the poster. Right? Yeah. It sucked all the joy from me. I'm just picturing all the cast listening to this. Yeah. The shrikes lying on the floor. Just <laughs> tears. So Stephen, no. Stephen Lang. <laughs> David um, Lang. No, I think, I, I feel sorry for the cast because I think the guy, who's it? Robert Sheehan, who's in it. Like I watched Misfits when he was in that and he was great in that. Like he just, he struggled. It, like, it was like the Star Wars films where just everyone struggled. I felt every single actor, even Hugo Weaving, didn't put in a performance in this film. They just didn't make any attempt to make it feel real. They didn't make any attempt to have an original story. No, no one looked like they particularly cared about being there. And it was just that happening in between like silly set pieces, which in which you know just didn't feel like it was in any kind of real world. I actually thought the performances were one of the least offensive parts of it. Hugo Weaving was all right. I thought fit fit to the bill for me. A I, like, review. I like a bit of Hugo Weaving was right. <laughs> this poster is looking better. Yeah. better. Uh, I like. I always like a bit of Colin Salmon. What like whatever he does. Yeah. Wait, uh, wait, who's Colin Salmon? You know, uh, he played the. Oh, he's not the. Uh, oh my god, guy is he? Yeah, Colin, classic British actor. He's the Colin president Salmon. or the mayor. Show or me whatever, a isn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, he's the uh, the museum guy. Oh, that's actually yeah, the worst yeah, photo. Yeah. <laughs> the IMDb. It's like a telephoto lens. No, but he had really quite it's like a, such a small role. He basically yeah. showed someone around a museum and then That was enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose Colin Salmon <laughs> is a phenomenon. <laughs> <laughs> Five star. But I but yeah, I, d- I, I didn't like uh, Robert Sheehan. He's a bit wet, isn't he? I just, well, I just, no, I don't dislike him. I just thought it was a terrible Yeah, in in, in that he just annoyed me physically. There was the, me. the character that is actually called Jihei. I can't. I don't know if that's how you pronounce her name. Um, played. I think it's like Anna Fang oh, was yeah. the character name. Anna Fang. Yes. It was just a cross between Neo and Trinity. <laughs> like, yeah. literally, it's like that character. They thought like, oh, we don't need to write in any character traits. Basically, if she's just expressionless and wears sunglasses <laughs> and shoots and people, slightly in, shoots people the... in a long coat, yeah, then that counts as being cool job done yeah i'd like to see the, the text message exchange between her the actress and uh peter jackson or whoever was was texting you know it's like how oh, should i play it yeah it's just neo uh yeah neo and trinity <sighs> tough times but colin salmon is fantastic i thought colin <laughs> salmon played a blinder yeah best supporting again. actor for for him well anyway there we go i hope you enjoyed that more than the film if you saw it uh, I'm sure this one will be racking up the uh, the listens online. So <laughs> I've, got, you know, I've got extensive notes about your performance as host. Do listen to it twice through. Too much, are you doing uh, pretend writing out? Are you drawing something? Too much Colin Salmon. 
chat. Um, but also, if you did like the film, I guess get out there and buy the DVD because they'll they need the money, don't they? Otherwise, they're not going to be able to make the rest of yeah, the franchise. Yeah, if you want to see Well, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for letting me lead you chaps into battle. <laughs> the <tonight>. chat abyss. <laughs> for one of anything else to say. <laughs> and it has been a genuine pleasure. I don't know if I'll get this chance again, so fuck you all. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Dave. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Thanks, Dave. So I've got the Rotten Tomatoes synopsis. I've got the scores. Okay. And uh, I've got my notes. Well done. Okay, I'm giving the synopsis, aren't I? Well, you can if you want to. Yeah, yeah I do bloody well want yeah. to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing your intro. Yeah. I hope you've got gags. I hope. I've got... Oh, I've got gags. I hope for your sake. Not many you've got gags. Not many, but yeah. Will the wheels come off this uh, production of the little? That was a. That was a. Take that. Cross that one off. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing I didn't. I, I didn't actually write that one down. That just just the sort of gags I've got coming. Just out a of blank there. piece of paper, otherwise.